don't trust your business to someone making just $60,000 a year when you've invested $250,000 to half a million dollars or more to secure that business. Does that really make sense? If your business is going to spit out a million dollars in revenue a year or more, what about maybe it gets to a point where we're spitting out a million dollars a year net or more, and you're gonna trust that to a salaried $60,000 a year employee? And think about that for a second. When you spell it out that way, hopefully it sounds a little bit crazier, no? Welcome to the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast. My name's Dan Claps, founder and CEO of Franchise Playbook, a franchisor platform where we create, own, and operate dynamic franchise brands in the mobile services space. And my life's goal is to help people just like you fire their boss and become a business owner. And I'm Christian Dadalak, top franchise consultant and co-founder of Real Franchising, a leading franchise consulting firm. And together, we're on a mission to help people fire their boss, hire themselves, and live the American dream through franchise ownership. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the I Fired My Boss Franchise Podcast with your co-host, Christian Dadalak. That's Dadalak like Cadillac. Today, there is no Dan Claps. We don't have Dan Claps on the episode, but it's just a quick solo episode. It's Labor Day weekend, or I guess by the time you're listening, a couple of days after Labor Day. So just wanted to take a few moments to just talk a little bit about that, what Labor Day means, and maybe how the winners in life focus on and think about Labor Day and, and time off and holidays and those sorts of things versus people that are really looking to crush it and get to the next level. And uh, then I also just wanted to briefly touch on some things that uh, there was a post that Dan made on LinkedIn that I wanted to briefly talk about because I thought that there was just so much wisdom in what Dan had shared. And I thought that it would be very helpful, very useful information for our audience to be privy to as well. So with that being said, I wanted to start off by just talking a little bit about Labor Day. Fantastic that we all get a, you know, a day off uh, if we so choose. And I think that for, for a lot of our audience, people that are thinking about business ownership, people that are thinking about transitioning from a W-2 job or from the corporate world into an actual business, or maybe you're 1099, you're a salesperson of some kind, you work 100% commission, but now you're looking to transition into something where you are really truly building something that doesn't rely just 100% on your efforts. And so I think one of the things that isn't talked about enough, and sometimes it's the annoying conversation to have because everyone's like, I know, I get it, you know, attitude, mindset, winning mentality, but it's true. It's, it's overplayed in many ways because it's, it's true, but I don't think that people really get to the heart of it enough. And what I mean by that is, and, and I think that people oftentimes on social media, business influencers, they can almost be, it can almost be a turnoff in the way that they go about telling you that, you know, you need to bust your butt when everyone else is taking a day off. You need to make sure that you're working hard. And, and look, it's going to be a similar talk from, from me here today, but maybe in a way that hopefully isn't quite as obnoxious as some of those people on the interwebs and on social media, the Instagrams, the TikToks and all that. So. I think the reality is, look, rest is good. Rest is important. It's important to recalibrate. It's important to take some time off, to readjust, to reflect, to rethink, to, to plan our next steps. 
I do think, though, that there is a certain period of time, there are seasons in our life where it is, it is truly time to put the pedal down, push that pedal down, and work harder. Accelerate. Go faster. When everybody else is slowing down, letting up, I think that there are certain periods in each of our lives where we need to not take our foot off the gas. We need to put a brick on the pedal. And I think Labor Day is an excellent opportunity to do that, especially if you're someone that's thinking about getting into franchising. If you're going to be transitioning from the corporate world into a business, more than likely, especially in the early stages of that business, you are going to be working on what traditionally was a day off for you. Federal holidays, like Labor Day, you're likely going to need to be working on. And even if your operation, your business operation is closed, you're still likely going to be wanting to do things such as making strategic partnerships with people in the community. Maybe you're volunteering to get your name out there in the community. Now, don't just volunteer for the sake of getting business. Do it for the right reasons. But but you're doing these things to get your business out front in the community. You're working on your marketing strategy. You're making content like I am right now. But you're doing things that drive the business forward. And hopefully you're doing things that are working on the business, not in it like we always say. But maybe in the beginning stages of your operation, you are actually working in the business as you get things going, started, off the ground. And that's okay. Just realize that days like Labor Day, a couple of days ago, that may not be rest and relaxation period for the first few years, three to five years even, maybe more, depending on how you run your business and how you scale things, depending on if you choose the right franchise opportunity. And if you buy something that really truly is just buying a job or a franchise opportunity where you really are building a business and a truly unfair wealth generator. But so just understand that, look, there are certain periods and seasons in our life where we need to sacrifice a little bit up front for a whole hell of a lot of payoff on the back end. But that's what you need to ask yourself. If I'm thinking about buying a franchise, do I want to pay a little bit of a price up front, three to five years to really get this thing cooking, to really get it off the ground. Maybe I miss some sports games with, with the kids. Maybe I miss some barbecues. Maybe I don't get that extra rest and time off like I might have on a Labor Day. Am I willing to pay that price up front, three to five years? Maybe less, 18, 24 months in many cases to really just get things off the ground, to get the business to a point where you can kind of pull back a little bit and work more on the business and not in it. But are you willing to pay that price? Most people aren't. And that's why most people don't get where they want to go. But here's the reality. You're going to pay a price one way or the other. You're going to pay a price on the front end or you pay it on the back end. Now, what does is, what is paying it on the back end look like? We talked about what paying it on the front end looks like. What does it look like to pay the price on the back end? Well, I think paying the price on the back end looks a little bit like this. Imagine you're... 65 years old. And in reality, let's, let's be real. I think that <laughs> with the way, with the way things are going with our, our national debt, with social security, I think that that age, especially for those of us that are maybe a little bit younger, like me, retirement age is going to look a little bit more like 70, 72, 75, even. That's the reality for a lot of people. And so imagine you're 70, 72, 75, even. Okay. And you've stayed on the path you stayed now. You've gotten to enjoy every Labor Day off. 
4th of July. You never had to work those days. But financially, you have a small retirement nest egg saved up so that you can maybe retire on 80% or less of the income that was already not really doing it for you in the first place, which was the reason you're thinking about buying a business and right now. So you're 70, 75, a little bit of a retirement nest egg so that you can live on less than you made before that you were already struggling with. Maybe you have some time now, but maybe you need to pick up a part-time job to you know, pick up the slack where the retirement savings aren't coming in. And you're not living the life of your dreams. You don't get to do as much of the travel as maybe you would have hoped to do. You don't get to do the volunteering that maybe you would have hoped to do. You don't have the assets and the income to be able to donate and give and contribute to those causes that are so near and dear to your heart. So you're going to pay a price. You just have to choose. Am I going to pay it on the front end or the back end? How important is it to be able to get days like Labor Day off? Let's reframe the mindset a little bit here. Yeah, in the beginning, when you're getting the business off the ground, you're, you're paying that price up front, sure. You're likely working on Labor Day. You're thinking about your business. You're working on it. You're filming content. You're making relationships. You're reaching out to vendors. You're checking the books. You're doing these different things, right? But then fast forward, maybe, like I said, 18, 24 months. Now, in reality, it's going to take you know more time than that. But that's where maybe you could start working more on the business rather than in it. But let's say three to five years down the road. Let's say 10 years down the road. And you have a well-oiled machine that's just running. You have infrastructure in place. You've grown. If it's a brick and mortar franchise, you scale to multiple locations. Or if it's more of a service-based business, you have multiple trucks operating in multiple areas, multiple crews, multiple teams. They don't rely on you. You have a manager, a management team that oversees your stores or oversees the different crews that handles dispatch. And so you really get to focus more on the high-level stuff, getting your name out there in the community, forging those relationships, looking at the marketing metrics, all the KPIs, making sure that things are performing properly, but all the high-level stuff. And those are typically the fun things to do in business anyway. But that's what you're doing. And you know, if you want to take a week off, you can do that. You have the team in place. And, and in all reality, imagine this. Imagine your business actually grows when you're gone because you have the right people in the right seats on the bus and they are, because they're the right kinds of people, when you're gone and kind of out of the way and let them do their job and don't micromanage them, you come back and your business actually grew. Maybe you took a month off, you went to Italy, you went to Greece and you come back to a business still moving. Maybe you get a call or two or an email or two that you have to check up on when you're, when you're out of town, but nothing major. You know, your team is equipped to handle it. You've given them the power, the authority to make decisions on your behalf. You're confident in them. So you, now you don't just get one day off. You don't just get Labor Day off and some of these other federal holidays. You could take all kinds of time off. Or you get to choose when you work. You have more flexibility. Yeah, maybe today's Wednesday. I don't really feel like going into the office. I'll kind of just do some stuff from home. Or I'll go to this Chamber of Commerce event or that B&I meeting or whatever the case is, right? Or I'm going to go to dinner with, with this vendor or this or that, right? These things. Those are the things you're doing, right? I, I'm going to go in, uh, I'm going to go in later today. I'm going to show up at noon to the office or maybe I want to get done early. So I'm going to show up at, you know, I'm going to get in the office at six or seven a.m. and I'm going to get, I'll get, I'll get done early. My kid has a, a baseball game. I want to make sure I can make it to that. 
I am going to make it to that, right? So you trade a little bit of freedom on the front end for a whole heck of a lot of freedom on the back end, right? You can either pay the price of, gosh, I mean, five to 10 years of really getting your business to scale and then, you know, 30, 40 plus years in the back and however much time you have left to really enjoy yourself. And not to say that there aren't going to be things that come up and hiccups and fires that happen. And, you know, it's all going to be hunky-dory, but would you rather have that? Or would you rather, you know, you get all the kind of the, the, the fun on the front end, right? You get 30, 40 years of get the labor days off, and, you know, don't have to have a whole lot of responsibility, don't have to deal with any fires, you know, everything's guaranteed for you, you know, minimal flexibility, minimal freedom, but things are fine, you have security. And then maybe you get 10 to 15 years on the back end in retirement to really try to enjoy yourself if you can, if you save the money, if you did the things that you were supposed to do. I'm not here to tell you that there's a right or wrong answer. The, the truth is we're all different. We're all different. We're willing to pay different prices. But the, but the point I'm trying to make is you will pay a price. So the price of working on Labor Day now <laughs> and working on those federal holidays and building a business or staying comfortable, staying where you're at and paying the price by not having the, the, the lifestyle and, and the dream that, that you wanted down the road and having limited time to really truly enjoy those things with the people you love. For me personally, I'm a young guy. I'd rather enjoy all of those amazing things while I'm still relatively young. I don't want to wait till I'm 65 to enjoy traveling the world, to be able to give to the causes and people I care about. I want to be able to do those things now, or at least as quickly as I possibly can, right? So I think at the end of the day, that's what we need to think about. What's the price that I'm willing to pay? When am I willing to pay it? And then the next thing is pay the price. Pay it, do it, do the work. And that is what we talk about on the show, obviously. How to do it through franchising, how to build a business through franchising so you can get the freedom, pay that price up front, but then get the benefits on the back end. And also how to build it right. So I'll get off my soapbox now, but, but hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. Hopefully you understand what I'm getting at here. Hopefully I, I did it in a way that wasn't quite as obnoxious as like, if you want to win, you got to work Labor Day. Like, don't be a loser. Like, you know, forget all that, man. Right? But I'm just trying to help you to, to give some perspective here so you understand what you're getting or what you're giving in order to get, like you're, get, you're giving X to get Y. You're doing that in either scenario. I just want to paint a picture for you all so that you understand what exactly you're giving up on either side of the equation and what you're getting on either side of the equation. That's what I want you guys to think about. And so last couple of things before I wrap up here, um, in terms of practical advice on how to get to the point where you are enjoying freedom with your business from the corporate world, living a life of purpose and passion, how do we do that? Well, I'll tell you, here's how you don't do it. And this is something that I think is rampant in the franchise industry now. And it's, it's very easy as a franchise advisor to tell people, look, yeah, you, you just buy this business. You find someone on Indeed 
for a zip recruiter that you've never met before, pay him a salary of 60, maybe $70,000 a year. And then you only really need to work on the business, you know, five, 10, maybe 15 hours a week and everything's going to be hunky-dory. You're good to go. Keep your corporate job. Don't worry about it. And everything's going to grow. And that, that, that person that you've never met before that you're paying $60,000 or $70,000 a year, that person is going to care just as much about your business as you are. And they're going to blow it up for you while you, while you work. And you know, you're just kind of checking in five hours a week, 10 hours a week, 15 hours a week. No, probably, probably not the right way to set things up, right? And that's actually something that my co-host, Dan Claps, who's not able to be on today, that's something that he just posted on LinkedIn that I thought was just so undeniably true. Now, like absentee business ownership, I mean, you can do it, but there's a couple of caveats that I'm going to get into in a second. And and really more than anything, you're looking at semi-absentee ownership. But I just kind of want to read what, what Dan said here. And so I think what a lot of people misunderstand is when they, when they think about buying a business and operating a business, they're thinking about actually being in the business. So let's just use, gosh, a painting franchise, right? A lot of people envision themselves like, okay, if I buy this business and I'm an owner operator, I'm the one doing the painting jobs. No, that's not necessarily true, right? But you are hands-on running the business. So what are some of the things you are doing? Well, maybe you're answering phone calls. You're giving estimates to clients. You're dispatching the crews. You're stopping by on job sites to make sure that everyone's happy, to make sure that your your, your team is happy. Maybe they got some waters. They're all, everything's hunky-dory on that end. You're making sure that the clients are happy. You know, you're invoicing the clients. You're handling accounts receivables and this and that. These are the things that you're doing. That's working on the business, not necessarily in it. You're not doing the actual work. You're not providing the service. You're not making the smoothie necessarily. Now, in some cases, especially in the beginning, man, maybe you are doing that. But ultimately, you want to, you will get to the point of being able to work on the business, doing things like building relationships in the community. You're going to charity and nonprofit fundraisers and events. You're going to chamber of commerce, after hours, mixers, you know, having some, some beers or some wine and having fun, building friendships, seeing friends you've already made, forging deeper and deeper relationships. Those are the fun things. It is part of the business. It is important. You're building culture. You're holding team meetings. You're instilling culture, instilling belief. You're running the EOS traction model. You're painting a vision. You're communicating the vision to your team. You're making sure that everyone is in the right seat on the bus, that you have the right people in the right seats on the bus. Okay. You're analyzing the key performance indicators, the KPIs. How was my marketing doing? What, how are our margins looking? Comparing it last week to this week, last month to this month, year over year, month over month, these sorts of things, right? That's what you're doing. But I think this, this idea of I'm just going to come in there and, and have some random person run my business and manage the people, manage the teams, manage the processes is really, is really not, not accurate. It's not going to happen. It doesn't work like that. And so I, I love how Dan puts it in his post. He says, you can't trust a $60,000 a year person to run your million dollar a year business and especially to protect your 200,000 to half a million dollar investment. It just doesn't work like that, obviously. So if you truly, you can be semi-absentee, you can start semi-absentee or maybe you are doing 10 to 15 hours a week, but in the beginning, it 
likely will be more than that, especially if there's a brick and mortar build out involved. But just understand that. And, and if you really truly want to start semi absentee, you're going to need someone that has equity in your business. You need an operating partner, someone that has a vested interest in the business, not just a salaried employee, someone you know more, I mean, more, more than likely someone that you can trust. You need to have some kind of relationship with that person. You need to be able to trust them because this idea that you're going to hire someone from Indeed, pay them 60000 a year, and they're going to care about the business as much as you, that's just not true. And so going into it, if you want to be semi-absentee, you have to have someone that is dependable and reliable, someone you, you trust. Maybe it's a referral from a friend. Maybe it's, it doesn't need to be someone that's been your best friend or anything or a family member, but maybe someone you've kind of known and they have a good reputation in, in your community or a referral from someone that does have a great reputation in your community. And then there's different ways to structure it. And we've talked about it on prior episodes and we can get into it on further episodes, but maybe you, you give them phantom equity where they can have vested equity and earn in equity over time the longer they stay with your business. Maybe just give them straight equity right out of the gate. You know, you retain most of the equity, you pony up the money for the investment, but they're the ones that are going to really operate the day-to-day of the business. That's a way to do it too, but just be smart. I know that we all think about business as wanting the freedom, but to really get that freedom, you either have to pay that price like we talked about on the front end. And even if you're semi-absentee and you have an operating partner running the business, you still need to pay that price a little bit. You will need to do things on days that you probably don't want to do things. Maybe when other people are taking off because you need to protect your investment. And if a business needs to pay two people, two owners, then it really needs to, to, to kick out some, some good revenue on the top line and then profit on the bottom line, right? Especially depending on how the business was financed. And you know, we'll get into the weeds there another time, I'm sure. But hopefully you understand what I'm getting at now. So again, I want to repeat what Dan said. Don't trust your business to someone making just $60,000 a year when you've invested $250,000 to half a million dollars or more to secure that business. Does that really make sense? If your business is going to spit out a million dollars in revenue a year or more, what about maybe it gets to a point where it's spitting out a million dollars a year net or more, and you're going to trust that to a salaried $60,000 a year employee? And think about that for a second. When you spell it out that way, hopefully it sounds a little bit crazier, no? So let's make sure that in the beginning, be that person, be the operating partner. If you don't have the time for that, you want to keep your job, you got to have someone that's going to fill that operating partner role. Someone you know, someone that's reliable, someone that you can trust, someone that has the right skill sets. We didn't talk about that. The right skill set to work in that kind of business. If it is a type of business that's heavily sales related, where they have to be the one providing the estimate, closing the deal, collecting the money. They're not afraid to ask for the order. They're not afraid to ask for the check. You need to make sure that your operating partner is the person that has experience doing that. Someone that's not to say that introverted people can't be great salespeople because they absolutely can. But if it's that kind of person and they don't, they don't enjoy doing that. They've never had experience doing it. Then yeah, maybe we don't want to, we don't want to partner with that person. Maybe they'd be great for something else, a different business venture or different role within the company. But maybe they're not going to be the operating partner if 
the skill set that's required of them is something that they're just not good at. So again, right people, right seat on the bus. But that's how we're going to get freedom, guys. That's how you're going to get freedom through franchising and get to a point where maybe you don't get to enjoy the Labor Day off now, but in three, five, seven, ten plus years, you can. And you can enjoy a heck of a lot more than just taking Labor Day off, right? Or some of these federal holidays. You can build it to a point where you can really, truly have the life of your dreams, a lifestyle by design, a deliberate life. You can have it all. You can have it all through franchising, through business ownership. You really can. But you just got to pay that price. You have to make that choice. Okay, so make that price and pay it. So that's my message here today, guys. I hope you got something out of that. I hope I I came across well. I hope that you can like feel my heart and wanting to convey truthful, accurate information to you guys and paint a picture for you so you understand that we all pay a price in life. Which one are you going to pay? So... Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the I Fired My Boss podcast. We really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you got something out of the message today. As always, we appreciate five-star reviews, sharing it with people. And we'll see you on the next episode of the I Fired My Boss franchise podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You're f***ing fired. If you want to say those words to your boss... Make sure you head on over to ifiredmybosspodcast.com and fill out the form to schedule a no-cost consultation. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend who might also want to fire their boss. 